Hi friends, welcome to the St. Anne Parish Podcast, where we seek to bring people to Jesus, form disciples, and send them to transform the world. We hope you enjoy this episode. My uncle was an, uh, was an Anglican priest. So like close to Catholic, but not really Catholic. And when I was a younger man, we were having a discussion and he looked at me and he says, Catholics don't really believe that Holy Communion is actually the body and blood of Christ. And I was like, yes, we do. And he's like, no, no, you don't. And I was like, yes, no, really. We believe that that is Christ's real presence here on earth. And he's like, no, you don't. And I said, yes. (laughs) And I was getting a little incredulous that he was telling me what I as a Catholic believe and what I don't believe, even while I was standing there But then there was this Pew Research study that came out not too long ago. Have you read it? It asked a question to a wide swath of Catholics throughout our country, and it asked them, do you believe that the bread and the wine truly becomes the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ? Do you think it's his real presence? And do you know how many people held the church's teaching? Out of 100% of people, only a third, less than a third, said that they actually believed that the Eucharist was Jesus Christ's real presence. Two-thirds of them said they did not believe that. Of that, a third of them didn't even know that the church taught that, so that's shame on us. Um, But there was a solid other third that knew what the church taught and just rejected it. And so I want to say definitively, we believe that the Eucharist is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, so much so that our entire liturgy and our actions point towards this, even to the smallest, most minute detail. You may not be able to see our altar because you're a little bit lower and the sanctuary space is raised, but have you ever seen this white linen piece of cloth on the altar? It's called a corporal. This is a corporal from corpus, meaning body, and we place it very reverently upon the altar every single time we celebrate Mass, folding it in a very specific way, so that when we place the bread upon this corporal and we say the words of Jesus Christ to institute and to consecrate the Blessed Sacrament, that when we fracture the Blessed Sacrament in the Mass, when we break it into a piece, that even if the smallest visible piece, we believe that that small visible piece, that crumb, that it is actually still the body and blood of Jesus Christ. And so we have this cloth on here to catch those so that we can make sure that we treat even the smallest piece of the Blessed Sacrament in a reverent and respectful way. We take these garments, or not these garments, these linens, and we place them in a special basket in our sacristy. We soak them in water so that the accidents of bread can dissipate in a reverent way. And then we take that water and we dump it down a special sink. Now this is like your Catholic trivia word for the day. 
this special sink. We even have a name for it. It's called a sacrarium. And because we believe so ardently um, about the presence of Jesus Christ that we don't want to dump this water where our Lord has dissolved, the accidents of bread have dissolved, into the regular sewage, we make a special sink, a sacrarium in every single Catholic church where its plumbing does not mix with the other plumbing. It goes directly into the earth that God created so it may be shown the proper due respect. You will watch us. Um, myself, I try my best as I've been handling the Eucharist to keep the, my fingers together just in case there is a piece of crumb. We wash our fingers at the end of every single Mass. This is because we do truly believe that this is Jesus Christ. It is his very real presence. And every little action within our Mass should point towards that. Now, I know we believe it, but there's a real question. If someone came up to you like my uh, Anglican priest uncle and said, why, why do you believe that Jesus is really present in what appears to be bread and wine? What would you say? Well, Father Edwin said so is not the answer that I want us to be able to give. I want us to be able to say that we believe this because it has been the church's tradition from the very beginning, and it is upheld by the sacred scriptures. Even our second reading today from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, which was written so closely to Christ's death, that church was founded by Paul, by his, and he sent them a letter in the year between 53 and 55 AD. And it says that the bread that we eat, the wine that we drink, this is an actual participation in the body of Christ. It is a participation in the blood of Christ. That this is real. Our gospel today, I know sometimes when we read the gospel, we can read it and the words are familiar, but I just want you to hear how many times Jesus Christ made a point to say that it was truly his flesh and his blood, not an option to believe, not a symbol, not just a sign, but it was very much his body and his blood. He said, I am the bread of life that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh one time for the life of the world. The Jews quarreled among themselves. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? That's a great question. Jesus said to them, amen, amen, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. Two times, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life three times, and I will raise him on the last day, for my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Four times, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him five times. Just as the living Father sent me, I have life because of the Father. So also, the one who feeds on me will have life because of me. Six times. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Unlike your ancestors who ate it and still died, whoever eats this bread will live forever. 
And at this moment in time, within these seven verses, six times Jesus says that this is his flesh and his blood, and we must consume it in order to have life and life eternal. And some of the people found this saying too hard, and so they left. And Jesus did not look at them and say, no, no, I was just kidding. It is only a symbol. It's only a spiritual reality. It's not a real presence. No, Jesus did not say that. He let them leave because he had already spoken the truth six times. And then he turns to his apostles, his inner core, and he says, do you also wish to leave? And they say, no. Peter, beautifully, who doesn't understand what this means yet, he says, where should we go? You alone have the words of eternal life. And you can imagine the apostles waiting, wanting this, this eternal life, this bread come down from heaven, knowing that Jesus Christ says that I'm going to give you his flesh. But for so long, they, they're just waiting in expectation for what this would mean, how this would happen. And then at the Last Supper, he takes bread. And Jesus, who is God, said, this is my body. And he takes the wine, says, this is my blood, and he gives it to them to consume. And Jesus, who is God, when he says something, it happens. And this beautiful imagery of what appears to be bread really being in its substance, his very real presence to feed us. And you can imagine their, their elation, their joy. They're like, finally, this is it. This is the eternal life, the sacrament that he has promised us. And I want that joy to be within each and every one of us. When I was a pastor of another church, St. Michael's in McKinney, we had a lot of visitors come in. And that's why at our church, right before we receive Holy Communion, I always say this. If you're visiting with us today from a different Protestant denomination, if you are just beginning your walk with Jesus, if perhaps you are a Catholic that is not regularly practicing their faith or is not prepared to receive Holy Communion today, we would invite you to come forward for a blessing. Because we as Catholics truly believe that the Eucharist is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, and only Catholics are able to receive. If you would like a blessing, we would ask you to place your hands over your heart as a sign of prayer, bow, and pause for a moment as you come forward in our regular communion line. The reason why I say this is because I believe that this is actually Jesus Christ. We believe that. And so that you should be able to prepare yourself and to know what you are receiving so that you can do so worthily and well. When I was the pastor over at St. Michael's in McKinney, I had a young man come up for communion. I was distributing communion, the body of Christ, the body of Christ, the body of Christ. He walked forward. He had kind of been watching people, so he knew how to hold his hands. And I said, the body of Christ. He said, amen. I gave him the blessed sacrament. And then he walked and he was just staring at it. And then he turned the corner and started to go past him. So I, I went after him, right? Because, because I believe that it's Jesus and I don't know. Not everyone is as reverent uh, towards the Blessed Sacrament as we would want them to be. Some people actually even desecrate that. So I carefully watched to make sure every person receives. And so I went up to him and I said, are you Catholic? And he said, my grandmother was. And I, 
And I said, that doesn't count. Um, And so I I was like, I'm going to take this back. We believe that the Eucharist is actually Jesus Christ. And so therefore, only Catholics are able to receive it. And he's like, I knew it was something special and that I shouldn't, um, it wasn't right for me to consume it. And I was like, well, if you want to learn more, come talk to me at the end of Mass. And so I consumed, and I I didn't know if Dimitri was going to come and talk to me after the end of Mass, but he did. And he says, I would like to be able to receive that. And I was like, well, I would like to help you to learn more about becoming Catholic. And so I walked with Dimitri for that year, and at the Easter Vigil, I got to baptize him. And then I got to give him his first communion. And I just watched him with joy be able to receive our Lord for the first time. And that is what I want for each and every one of us, whether or not it's our first communion, our fifth communion, our 51st, or our 5,000th. I want you to be able to receive with that same joy. And so it takes time uh, to prepare. And that's what I want us to think about today. As we receive the Eucharist, um, preparation was always part of the Eucharistic meal. In Corinthians chapter 11, in the year, which was also written in the year 53 to 55, St. Paul says that you should not receive communion without a careful discernment on whether or not you are free from grave sin. He says that he who eats and drinks the body and blood of Christ unworthily eats and drinks condemnation upon himself. And that is a very strong worded message. And that's how much we should look at our hearts our entire week and say, is there any serious sin upon my heart or upon my soul? Because if there is a serious persistent sin, pride, anger, lust, envy, greed, avarice, gluttony, sloth, If there's any of these serious sins that has taken root within the past week, we need to go to confession before approaching and receiving our Lord. And we love confessions here at St. Anne's. We have confessions Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 10 o'clock to the last, or 12 o'clock to the last person is done. Tuesday evening, 7 p.m. to the last person is done. 8 a.m. on Saturdays, the last person leaves. So that we can prepare ourselves to receive the blessed sacrament. Ignatius of Antioch said, that the Eucharist is the medicine of immortality. He says it is the antidote to death. And with all medicine, we know this, there are rules on when you're supposed to receive it and when you can't receive it and how you're supposed to. And the same thing is with this, that we need to prepare our hearts and our minds to receive him. And oftentimes people will say to me, Father Edwin, if I come up for a blessing because I don't feel like I've lived a life in the manner to be able to receive this week, what will people think of me? Won't they judge me? Won't they know that I am a sinner? And I don't know what other people will think about you, but I know what I think when I see someone approach and receive a blessing. I think that they love and respect the Blessed Sacrament more than anything else. And it is beautiful. And so we want to ask ourselves, have I lived a life worthy of the gift that the Lord has given me? We don't want to be overly scrupulous, but we do want to say that in preparation and discernment for this moment, because the Lord has truly given us a great gift. We do not have a Lord that is far away. We have a Lord that is so near to us that he wants us to be able to consume him, and in consuming him, become like him, to go out into the world, to be Christ to all that we encounter. 
The St. Anne vision is to bring people to Jesus, form disciples, and send them to transform the world. To learn more about St. Anne, go to stannparish.org. God bless.